we gotta mix the mission statement with the idea that everything is relevant, our stand-up is relevant, living in New York is relevant, because it's all how to deal with day-to-day life. Yeah. Is that generally yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And how the littlest things in the world ruin your whole outlook on life yeah. just because of one day when it's really not that big of a deal, but we've got to find a way to deal with, with the, our fucking anger, basically. Yeah. Welcome to the power of how does this equipment work. <laughs> I'm Matt Fulcheron. I'm here with Brennan Tassif. Daniel Tirado. What's up? Um, back in New York City, and uh, the irony of it all, you pay a lot for an apartment so you can have, so you can go do all the stuff that's in New York City. Meanwhile, I'm crammed in here doing the podcast. My wife is in that little room over there. Oh, no She's way. at work right now, <laughs> running a group. All this physical space in New York City, wow. and we just cram in. <laughs> we just cram the fuck in. What are we doing? I had that conversation yet last night with my buddy Chris Buck. Yeah. He was like, how much are you paying rent? And I told him, and he just started laughing. He was well, well, you have a big apartment, right? And I said, well, I have a room and a fairly big apartment, and he just could not stop laughing at me. Right. Well, haters love laughing. Yeah. Because they're, they're looking for an excuse not to move here. I know. Well, and that's what I told him. I was like, well, I also did just wait on uh, Stephen Wright and Louis C.K. at my restaurant, mm-hmm. so this is... Oh, it's no worth way. it. Yeah, I was like, it's worth the, it's worth the, it's worth the rent. At least for a little bit. Yeah. At least for a couple of years. How was that? Uh, I would panicked. Normally, if it's comics, <laughs> I I, yeah, if it's comics, uh, a lot of times I will hint to just moving to New York, and then I'll, they'll, you know, obviously the polite thing is to say, oh, why'd you move to New York? And then I go, oh, I do comedy, and that's the, how the setup. Sure. I was so freaked out that I just waited on them like a regular table. Yeah. Didn't say why anything. Why not? Didn't yeah. How, uh, Stephen Ray still does comedy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and, still headlines all over the place, I think. Yeah, and you could tell that Louis was um, is obviously a big fan of his because Louis was just conceding. Like, when I walked over, Stephen was, like, messing with the tablecloth because he's yeah. kind of, like, you know, he's an interesting cat. And I, I didn't say anything, but Louis was just kind of like, all right, I, I guess he's just going to do this. <laughs> right. We were both kind of like, okay. <laughs> and so it was it was super cool, though. And I Well, you let him do it because you assume there's going to be something brilliant said yeah. afterwards. Well, that's the thing is I was just like. I like just, this plaid gets lad or something. I don't know, like bad <laughs> example, but there's going to be something you can put on a bumper sticker yeah, coming. Yeah, it was, it was a really surreal experience. Because like I said, normally with comics, I'm like Jerry Maguire, man. I'm hot. I'm like, hey, guys, what's going on? But in this case, I froze. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. Still sparkling her tab. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta meet that Stephen Wright energy somewhere in the middle. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can't was... be all over that guy. So yeah, it's worth it. New York is worth it. I say so. A little hot right now. It's worth it when you're five years sober. Congratulations. Hey, that's right, guys. Congrats, man. Yeah, appreciate it. That's so cool. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you because we were talking about kind of ideas for the show. And I think something that we talk about in the super secret program I'm a part of, but yeah. also just something in life is I got five years uh, on the 31st, which to me was a huge deal. And it was actually the same day that I released the one-man show on Patreon. And going into it, I just kept thinking... I just have to get to the 31st of May. Everything's Uh going to change after the 31st of May. Right. And it was, nothing changed. Nothing happened. I got one one new subscriber on Patreon after all the podcasting I did. Some of those clips that, some of them went viral. They had almost a million views. Still only one, one new subscriber. Uh, no, but I had to tell people that it was my, like people in my family that have been like, (laughs) I had to tell them that it was my five years. Was it a family member who was the... Well, no, it, no, it was just one... No, it actually wasn't. It was a good friend from back home. He kept asking me how to watch it. And I was like, here's the link. Here, he's like, oh, I got to sign up. And I was like, yeah, man. We've been friends for 20 years. Please sign up. Yeah. So he did. Uh, Hold on a second. That's going to take me three to three and a half minutes. Yeah. And he goes, well, now I have to just subscribe to your channel. And I was like... Yeah, press the button. Yeah, man, please. You can cancel it whenever you want. It's $5. uh, Which I say that knowing that that's a lot for some people. But for him, I know it's not. So that's why I was kind of like, yeah, asshole. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it was just this, and this is something that I'm reminded of constantly, is this expectation of, and we've talked about this before, but like we just have to get the next thing and yeah. then everything's going to be all right. Yeah. And then I got the thing that I've been working so hard for for the last year and a half and nothing changed. Like nothing yeah. was fixed. I, there wasn't this big influx of uh, money from the Patreon to where I could actually like be comfortable. I still haven't made the money back, close to the money back on right. the show itself. 
And then I didn't even like, like I said, then like I wasn't getting texts from it. Like when I got my one year chip, everyone was like blowing my phone up. Right and now it's five years and I get it. Like, but to me, five years is way harder than getting they're my just, one year. They're so. just taking for granted that you're sober now. Yeah. You and, know? Yeah. And that was the thing was just, do you, do you still struggle? Uh, on occasion, I don't have an obsession every single day to drink, but I, and I've, I brought this up before, but like if I have a really shitty night at work, my first reaction always is I need to go have a drink after this. And then there's also at least two guys going, come on, Brandon, yeah. tonight's the night. That's the thing is right. when I bring it up at work, cause nobody in New York, thank God has ever seen me drunk. So when I say it at work, like, God, tonight might be the night. This is a really shitty night at work. Right there. I work with people who I think it's in jest and they're joking and they love me, but they'll be like. I'll buy your first six rounds. Like, hell yeah. Like, let's go party. We want to see this crazy guy. Yeah, they don't understand. And I'm like, well, <laughs> they don't I don't understand the, the, the floodgates. Yeah. So, but, or even like, it might not even go horribly wrong right away, but just that yeah. momentum. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's over. You lo- the momentum keeps you sober. The yeah. momentum keeps you healthy. Well, I tell people all the time, the first month would be, is going to be super fun. But after that, when I'm calling out of work and right. asking friends for money for rent and like showing up to the seller hammered, like talking to the comics that I kind of know, but like stumbling to the back table being like, what's up guys? Let right. me sit down with you. Like that's when it gets out of hand. Yeah. No. That's when you're like, Hey, maybe not do that. And it does. And then you got to start the hard work all over all again. Over. What, what makes you, um, what makes you not drink? So when I have those, my first thought is always not always, but a lot of times it's that, uh, like, Oh, I need to go get fucked up. But I have, I had such a bad bottom and then I have such a support structure now between the, the work that I do and then the people around me, like as far as in sobriety, that I, like if it's that bad, I will call people, which I yeah. never did before. I never right. asked for help. But now I will, like, I'll call my sponsor at like one in the morning and be like, yo, dude, like something's going, like something's wrong. And then he talks me off the ledge. And a big part of it too is just playing things out. Like, okay, I had a shitty night at which I never did before. Right. It was always react. Yeah. But now it's like, all right, well, if I have a shitty night at work and I go drink, what's going to happen? Well, tomorrow I'm going to wake up hungover. I'm not going to be able to go to the gym. If I have any leftover booze, I'm going to want to drink that to like even myself out. And then I'm going to go to work and I'm going to be kind of drunk, which isn't a big deal in the restaurant industry. Sure. But then I'll get off work and I'll be so hungover that I'll want to keep drinking. Yeah. And then my whole week is gone. And then if I can't get it turned around, my whole month will be gone. Right. And I'll be calling out of work, getting people to pick up my shifts, sitting at home watching Netflix by myself because that's where I, what I like to do when I drink. <laughs> right. And so it's just, it's such a waste of time. Like I will literally lose at minimum a week of my life. Yeah. And it's just what you're doing now is working so well for you. Yeah. You know, the past five years have been quite the growth. Oh yeah. A hundred percent, you know, compared to where I was. Yeah. And, but just, just the fact that you, you moved out here. Yeah. You got a job out here. Well, and I heard Steve-O say this on his podcast where they talk a lot about uh, sobriety and stuff, which was really interesting. Um, but he said, uh, and this is true for me is you, you let, you think, Oh, well when I'm drinking like a few days will slip by it just like slips right through your fingers. And then that turns into a few weeks yeah. and then that turns into a few months, which turns into a few years. And the next thing you know, you look back and you go, I've spent the last five years just every day, barely going to work and then coming home and drinking alone. Yeah. Like, mm. and then they're just gone Yeah, and it's over. I punish the shit out of myself when I'm hungover. I'm like, no, young man, you're gonna go to work anyway. Yep, and you're gonna to go to up. the pool anyway. Yeah, it's <laughs> but it's miserable. But yeah, and it's then it miserable. reminds you to be like, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe next tonight. Time. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, uh, don't go so hard tonight. Yeah. I can't. I can't work out if I'm hungover. Yeah, I can't. It's the best thing for it. You got to push through. You know what? I I feel like it weakens my immune system, and then I get I'll catch a cold or some shit like that. I think you're right about that. Yeah, you know, like it, you will you will get sick if you drink. Like right. like you're more susceptible. I think, and I just heard this. You know, how you just hear shit. And you oh, know, yeah. it's true. But I think it depletes you your vitamins when oh, you yeah. drink. Well, it dehydrates. You. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that mm-hmm. was the thing too was. For many years, I could never tell if I was legitimately sick or just hungover. So yeah. I would go. I would go to work anyway because you can't call out for being hungover. And it's funny because then the first couple years when I got sober, especially when I first moved to New York, when my body was getting used to all the different like bacteria and just being around all these different people and stuff, I was sick like once a month. Uh-huh. And I was like, I never. I never, I was hung over all the time when I was drinking, but I was never like sick. Or yeah. if I was, I could never tell the difference. And then I moved to New York and like once a month I'm calling work like, Hey, can I have the cut today? Like I can't fucking walk. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, 
it is weird how your body can trick you sometimes where like sometimes I'll go to work with a stomach ache and be like, how did I used to work like on a cocaine alcohol hangover? You just, because you because knew, of cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And because of the cocaine, but also like, you knew if you didn't go to work, it'd be like admitting you had a problem. Yeah. You know, so you're like, you're like, it's fine. It's not affecting me. I'm going to go. I do my work. I handle my shit very miserably. I used to do the thing where I would take an order and then I would like rush to the bathroom to throw, because I was so hungover. It was one of those things where I was just throwing up, whether I had anything to throw up or not. Yeah. And I'd run in the bathroom and like throw up violently and then like wash myself off, go in and then put the order in, in the computer. Think about that next time you're out to eat audience. Yeah. That's happening at least once a year to you. It's a boozy, it's a boozy industry. Oh yeah, it's just like comedy. The bar is right there. Yeah, that's why. And, I have and you drinks. can, and you're allowed to. You're, as long as you don't mess up, you're allowed to take shots. Yeah, here and there. Yeah, you know they don't want you doing a beer bong in front of the the, the customers. But yeah, but, we, but we, you can get away with it. It's not discouraged exactly. No, not at all. We do tastings. Yeah, every Friday before the shift. Right. And we like do wine tastings and stuff like that. And no one's like monitoring how much you have. Mm-hmm. So you can just keep drinking. Right. And I mean, a lot of, because I work in such a nice place, it's a career server place. So like people don't want to lose that job because it's a very good job. Yeah. But they'll get, they'll get a little tipsy right. during the tasting. And then right. like they'll go to clock in. And, and me, because I'm sober and I'm already like hyper competitive at work, like I'm always like, come on, fuck, let's fucking go. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, if people are like a little boozy, I'll be like, what, what are you doing right now? What, why are you just standing, leaning against the bar, like spaced out? And I'm like, sorry, we had a tasting. And I'm like, oh, great. Awesome. We're in the middle of a game here. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want to go sit on the bench? This is why we play the game. Call in sick. This is the moment. That'd be hilarious <laughs> if someone came in for the tasting and was like, actually, I can't work tonight, guys. I got to go home. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. That would be honorable. Yeah. Once. Fall on your sword. Yeah. It would be horrific twice. Yeah, the second time. That was another thing that I learned was the second time, second and third time when you're calling out. Yeah. When you do it one time, people think you're going to like wise up. Right. But for me, it was always that thing where if I got away with it once, I thought I could keep getting away with yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's the right. thing. That's like with my rent. <laughs> yeah, you get pretty cocky on the on the second yeah. every month, right? Like, I pulled it off again. Well, for and then, me. <laughs> but now you're down to zero. Yeah, so for me, it's funny because... I was always, especially in New York, I was like, I have to pay the rent early because they'll kick, like, I can't afford to get kicked out. Right. But it was interesting. So last month, my roommate was out of the country and I guess just based on paying the rent. Mm-hmm. We didn't get an email saying our rent was even late until the 12th. Oh. Which is the worst thing that you can do for me. Right. Because if you tell me I've got two extra weeks, yeah. that's two extra paychecks. Right. So now I pay my rent on like the 8th. Yeah. yeah. Which is not a good system. Right. Did you know about, and I won't say his name, even though he talks about it all the time. There was a guy that lived in this neighborhood. And him and his roommates, they were behind on rent. And they were like, ah, fuck it. We're just not going to pay this month. And then once they did that, they got cocky. The next month, the next month, pretty soon they're like three or four months behind. And they got to the point where they couldn't pay it. And so they went to talk to a lawyer and the lawyer's like, good news, guys. Turns out that building isn't approved for renting as an apartment. They never got the license. You don't got to pay. <laughs> and wow. so then they didn't pay. And then after that, their their landlord or the building owner or somebody important got murdered. Like it was on the news. What? And then they really didn't have to pay. But the problem was, if their like water wasn't working, they were on their own. Yeah, you they had to figure that. Out. Yeah, that's easy. You call a plumber, <laughs> and, and then you know. But you- they were doing something where I don't even know the details. I wish the guy was here. We should have him on. But where like there's like a hose hooked up. To like some other apartment, just oh, like how you used to steal cable or yeah. something, and it just got to the point of, you know, he got tired of his roommate, I think, but but it's like who's gonna Care. move out? Like who's gonna blink first? Yeah, right. As the kids say, and it just went on and on and on and on, and then finally, so how long did he, he not pay? Years. What? Years, and then nothing bad happened to him, and then he met a girl. And I suppose they they rented the apartment under her name, cause like you're not getting a good recommendation. No, 
Because you got, they don't care. Like when you're looking for an apartment, they don't care that where you live isn't licensed. They want to know you live somewhere. And you paid the rent. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've heard these stories about the squatter thing too, where apparently there are a lot more tenant laws in New York than there are in Florida where I'm from. Because in Florida, they will start the eviction process almost immediately Uh and you you get like 30 days. But apparently in New York, like with squatters rights and stuff, Uh there are people who just, like I have one friend, she was telling me that like her oven broke uh-huh. and they wouldn't fix it. So she just stopped paying rent. Right. This happened, this went on for like eight to 12 months. <laughs> right. And she was putting the money away into an account. Right. Into like a, Ready. A, a, she was a, little, a professional. Yeah, she so knew she, what she was doing. She would still pay her rent, but she would just put the money right. in the account. And then they finally fixed everything and I, they obviously took her to court and the judge saw that she was putting the money aside. So it wasn't like some bullshit excuse that yeah. she couldn't pay. They yeah. just wouldn't get it fixed. And the judge ruled in her favor. Right. So now all well, of a sudden she's got like a year's worth of rent. It's like a bonus for her. That's dope. And obviously they wouldn't let her re-sign a lease when it was up. Right. But still, like now you have- I like how, wow. it's, her, I like how it's her fault. Yeah. That's just fix the oven. Well, that's, yeah, that was the thing was, and I guess she used to work for a landlord, so she knew like the loopholes. Right. So if you have a major appliance that is non-operable in your yeah. apartment, apparently in New York, you don't have to pay rent until they fix it. Right. Because it has to do with like either, of it, whether it's your toilet, like the sewage system, the shower, or like eating. Yeah. Like if one of those things doesn't work, you don't have to pay rent apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which to me, I was like, that's amazing. Right. Cause in Florida, they do not give a shit. Right. Well, the same thing for the basements in New York, you're not allowed to rent out the basement. A lot of, I know so many people that live in basements. Yes, but <laughs> technically they can live there without paying cause it's illegal to rent out a basement. Wow. Yeah. And once you know that I, I, I know like two or three landlords we can't get rid of their tenants, right? Because and they've been there for years because yeah. they're not they weren't supposed to rent it out to begin with. So and it sucks when you have to see your landlord. Like, I, you know what? If if it's a big building and you you never see the landlord, it's I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but when you live in the same home and you got to deal with that energy and right. who knows I what I can never do that. Yeah. Man. I can never. Could do you, that. if you were living for free, could you deal with the awkwardness? Um, no, man. I wouldn't want everybody in the building even knowing who I was. Yeah. Number right. one. Number two, uh, there's no way I could participate in kicking someone out if they couldn't pay their rent. Yeah. That just seems like a nightmare. Like kicking out a family or something and I, being yeah. a part of that prog- process. I just couldn't. I, I get weirded out if I use a toilet paper in our, like, cause we buy in bulk and then we just like rotate who buys it. Yeah. And if someone else bought it, even though that's our system, we rotate, I still feel like awkward and like uncomfortable as hell, uh-huh. like pulling a toilet paper from the closet, even though that's what it's there for. But sure. because I didn't buy it, I feel weird. So uh-huh. I couldn't imagine living in a space that you're not paying for. Oh, is that what you're talking about? I thought you were talking about if you, if I was the landlord. No, I'm talking about if you were the tenant, if I was the tenant, yeah. If I was a tenant. No, I would be I'd be embarrassed about that. Yeah, right. You know? Um, I I I fantasize about doing it, but I'm not willing to go through with it. No, I can't. Because what do you really get? You get what you already had mm-hmm. and you get like more money. <laughs> I mean, you do want the more money, but but like you just we've been raised to feel like that's an irresponsible yeah. way to go, and that's how I still feel about it. No, I couldn't do that. And also, to that point of having more money, the people who like try to scheme and get one over yeah. on their landlord by doing that, I'm going to say that I assume they're not the people putting that extra money into an escrow account no, or no, into no, an no, investment no, account. No, no, no. So it's like, do you really have anything at the end of the day? Right, mm. and it's like, you're still going to be broke, too. Yeah. Because you're going to spend your money on other bullshit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and you're so you nice now, now you're just like feeling that. You don't even feel like you're taking care of yourself. You just spend all your money on fucking now and laters or whatever. (laughs) That's amazing that she put that aside. Yeah, and so that was, it was the putting the money aside is the reason why the judge ruled in her favor because he literally said, oh, if you didn't have this account, I would have thought you were just, you couldn't pay your rent. Right. But I can see that you had your rent every month and you didn't pay it because they screwed Mm -hmm. you over. Yeah. But again, it all goes back to what we started with was that expectation, like what you're supposed to expect from people. Right. Which is something, again, I have always had a big problem with and that's something, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if that's something that you guys deal with on a daily basis is like just i thought i thought this was going to change my life oh. and it still might but yeah it still might 
Yeah, of course. We what always talk about. He's talking about what he was originally talking about. Originally yeah, talking yeah, about. I brought it right, right, full right, circle right, back right, to right, the, right, uh, the, the, yeah. the show and everything. The one man show. Yeah. The five years of sobriety. Yeah, that, that nobody moment. seemed to give a shit about in the moment. <laughs> hey, I bought you dinner. No, you did. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's why I didn't send you a text. I didn't want to bombard yeah, you. I appreciate with this it. Shit. No, you, it was, it's so interesting because, and then when I ran into you on the street in Astoria, you were like, oh my God, man, it was your birthday. And that made me feel so good because. Yeah. I know I'm 35, so it's not like the birthday thing isn't a thing. But the sobriety thing, I really was like, yeah, people are going to care about this, right? Like my sponsor didn't even call me, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Ah, that's fucked up. He's probably drunk. Listen, <laughs> yeah, no, now I feel great about myself. No, I'm happy for you. I'm impressed. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just. Even when it's somebody on Twitter that I don't even know, and they're like, I'm two years sober. I'm like, fucking like. You know, I, I think it's great. Well, I think that's where my anger stems from, is that I will see these posts. Yeah. And we talked about this off mic, but I had a conversation with someone in the Super Secret program, and they were basically like, hey, I think you pushing like with the X Drinking Buddy podcast, and now you're doing like a mental health podcast, and you're, you know, you talk on stage a lot about your sobriety. I think you're pushing too hard. Like to be like, hey, look at me, I'm sober. Look at me, I'm sober. Who said that? It was just someone, someone from back home who's also in the program. And I was kind of like, they were like, it's because ego is a big thing in the program. And uh-huh. I go, it's it sounds like an ego thing. It I, sounds like your ego is getting out of control. I disagree with that. Yeah, and I was like, I'm just trying to show people that it's possible. Like this group you talk about, they don't always seem so supportive. <laughs> <laughs> now, what group is this? What group is this? You keep saying it's Bill's. It's a friend of Bill. Who's Bill? <laughs> Um, I mean, I think a lot of times they try to give you like the hard truth and sometimes it just comes across as being an asshole. I think they're trying to give you the hard truth, but I don't know that they know the truth. Yeah. You well, know, no one's in this it's, industry. It's, it's their truth. Yeah. Uh, I think. Or it's their guilt reflected uh, by your success. Yeah. I think there's a million funny people out there. I think if you've got an angle, especially on the internet. Yeah. If you've got an angle on sobriety. If you've got an interest in mental health, of course, just pick a lane and roll with it. People need help. You need help. Yeah. Like whenever I'm not feeling well, I search for podcasts yeah. to make me feel better. They mm-hmm. usually suck. I'm glad we have ours because they're usually like, yeah. I want you to think about It's like a, what do they call that? ASR yeah. fucking Yeah, thing. ASMR. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I th- so I think if, if people can relate, so Joey Diaz... Um, that fucking cocksucker has had quite the checkered past. Yeah, and people turn to <laughs> his. <laughs> yeah, you like that? I'm his lawyer. Uh, and so I've worked with him in Boston, and this guy came up to him and he goes, "I run some sort of clinic. I can't remember. It might have been a, a rehab. Mm. It might have been like a depression or something. Yeah, like a mental health or thing. like a PTSD for military people. But he was like." He goes, I let them listen to your podcast because it's like a no bullshit motivational thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you can do something like that, then a lot of times when people go to like a, a mental health expert or whatever, they're like, I could never get there. You know, they, they seem too far yeah. educated in all this stuff. They have all this short term vocabulary. I don't know. I don't exactly feel it. If you get on here and you talk about how it's a struggle, and and you talk about what you went through. That's just actually an extension of the secret group. Yeah, you know that's an extension, and it's for people that don't have the balls, or not the balls, but they don't have the motivation or the courage to go to a meeting. Now they can just go to one of your podcasts, one of your two podcasts now. Yeah, and now your uh, your your uh, one man show as well. Like, don't even listen to that okay. for a second, man. Yeah, because there was a part of me that was like, maybe I am. And the person I was talking to kept mentioning money and fame, money and fame. You don't have that. Well, so I think I think they thought my whole motivation for doing this was money and fame. Yeah. So it's weird because when you tell people I'm going to pursue stand-up comedy or entertainment, any yeah. facet, I think the layman, like the normal person, automatically thinks, oh, all you want is money and fame, which is not... And that's why they will like shame you for I, not being I think, rich and famous. Yeah, I think, and I think they thought I was trying to 
use my sobriety, not because I wanted to be sober, but use it as like, oh, this is my thing. And it's like, no, it was, you're putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. I had to get sober because it, I was dying. And now because I am sober and no one thought I could get sober, I'm saying to other people like, hey, you can do it too. Whether it's through my standup or the podcast or whatever. Right. It's like, hey, it's not impossible. Because yeah. I thought it was, and right. now I've been sober for five years. No, 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 no. That person's putting their own thing on, and that is like one of, and I think this is a great group. Should we say what it is? I mean, because I, I don't want to. Okay, let's not say what it is. Um, I've been but like, for that. Like before. support, support is great, but then like one on one with somebody, they're not an expert. Yeah. You know, it's just based on what their experience is. Yeah, and their perception of the world, your perception of the world. Like when you were a comedy fan, you weren't like. Oh, this person's trying to be rich and famous. No. You're like, this person's funny. I want to laugh. Yep. I'm watching yeah, this. Yeah, but I, I, I think there's two sides of the coin here. I, I agree with you. And, I, and I, you know, like, I'll give you an example. There's a, a corporate booker once. I forget his name. Uh, it's better that way. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, he, he books a, a bunch of corporate gigs, and I reached out to him once for corporate work. And he says, oh, I see you're in New York, and I see you're still chasing money and fame. And he's like, when, when, you're, when you're done with that, uh, I, verba- well, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, pretty much when you're done with that, come, you know, uh, reach out to me when, when you're done with that. that I love like how that. corporate events telling you not to <laughs> right, chase seek money. money. Right. Uh, and then I just reached back like six months later and I said, Hey, just checking in to see if there's any work available. And then he says, Oh, I, and he mentioned that whole thing again. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't even know this dude. Uh, and it really turned me off and a part of me really wanted to write uh, a huge email yeah. uh, and waste my time. Uh, but another part of me, uh, listening to, 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 to you and to you right now, I think, Sure, when you see a comic that you love and you think he's funny and I want to do that, uh, I think everyone who moves to New York uh-huh. has this dream of being rich and famous. Whether it stays or it goes away right. or it grows or it dies, I think there's a truth to that, That to not bull- bullshit ourselves because... Well, I say there is a truth to that, yeah. but I, I think you I don't think anyone just comes up here as a dancer, as an actor, as a, as a musician, as a just to to go deeper in the craft. Yeah, uh, just to go. Hey, I hope I can scrape you, by. Because you and, and of course you want to be surrounded by the best. You want to go to the mecca. Uh, you want that energy, um, but I think it's just that the the actual act of moving here. Uh, there's an intention of. You know, New York is the mecca of messed up people, of egos, uh-huh. and and we decided to come here. I I agree with you 100. percent I just don't think Brennan is going. No. Uh, I, what can I use? What can I use? Yes, 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 yes. yes for yes, my yes. fortune. I, 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 I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. 100. percent It's there is a pure there is a pure thing that goes with wanting yeah. to be successful, yes, yes. and that is. I want to be good at what I do. In order to be good, you have to. One way to do it. A lot is of people, to be yeah, yeah, personally honest, mm-hmm. right? You know, but most people, I, I, and I think you'd, you'd agree that most people would would put being famous ahead of being good. I've had people on most my people. other podcast admit to that. I think. You know, I think said s- the easiest way to get attention was going to open mics, and they happen to be good at it, and then they got some traction, and now they are. Comics passed at big right. clubs. I won't say right. who it is. There's a few of them, but I was just like, "Oh, all you cared about was being somebody." Yeah, you don't care about comedy, well, the crowd, none of it. There's definitely that. There's definitely that void. There's definitely like that searching. We're all still searching. We're, but you're a kid. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. But you're like, yeah, I want to be on the TV telling jokes that looks awesome to me, and then you do exactly what we're talking about you right now right now where you're like once i'm rich and famous then i'll have this i'll have this i'll have this i'll have this no more problems yep you know and that's like you just did like a small version of that may 31st you were like no more problems after may 31st yep and that's like the ultimate thing but but yeah we're we're definitely seeking something but we yeah we don't we're definitely seeking something yeah and we don't know until we have it like like just to go back to your five years which is incredible, but I can't lie to you. I have no idea what that feels like. Yeah. I, 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 I never had a drinking problem. So if you tell me you're one year sober, two years sober, unless you're my, 
my my dad or my uncle or anyone really close to me that that I, I I've seen the damage within the family. Yeah. Uh, and in that sense, I can totally relate. But if, if I don't see that, if I don't have access to that, or if I've never lived it, uh, it you know, my my brain gets it, but my, my body has no clue. Like, I, I understand what you're saying, but I do not comprehend. Yeah. So I don't think you should take that personally when people don't uh, celebrate you because maybe, like me, some people will not don't know what that entails. Yeah, that's true. Just like the money thing. Like, I don't know what it's like to be a rich and famous until apparently it's horrible. Apparently some people, <laughs> people the, write the, a, yeah, the a lot of books street, about right, how terrible yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, and yet we still, we, we've, we've heard the stories we've seen the suicides. We've seen the Marilyn Monroe's and all yeah. that. And yet we still want it because yeah. we do not know what it is until we get it. But we want to say, let, let me, let me be the judge of that. You yeah. know? Yeah. I know. I can imagine one thing. If you're, uh, no one thinks about the downside. Like you know, you get a couple trolls on the internet, and you're like, man, this sucks. Imagine if it's like the whole internet one day just, right, just right, coming right. after you because of what you were like happened to be holding in your hand when you walked out of a Starbucks or something. It was like, fuck this guy, oh you know, right, right, boycott right, right. Daniel. Right, 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 right. right. Well, you, met, you'll never see me in a Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> I actually boycott uh, Starbucks. <laughs> has, have, has this ever happened to you guys? I I think you and I have talked about this, but where you meet a troll in real life, uh-huh. like, oh, I, I said this to you on Twitter, and you go, oh, like, fuck. That happened to me, but almost. They, they think it's cute sometimes, right? Yeah, it happened to me, but almost backwards. Yeah, there's someone that I work with that like. I was trying to, <clears throat> I was telling them about the one person show and then I sent them one of the clips and they were like, you're crying in this, like, this is ridiculous. Why are you crying? And then I sent them, and then I posted another clip and they happened to see it and same thing, like kind of came after me. And in my head, I don't think, cause when I know the person in real life, it doesn't compute that they are a, in fact a troll. Right. So I was like, oh, that's weird. So then I posted, <clears throat> cause I have like six clips ready to go from the show. Yeah. So then I posted another one that was kind of funny where I talk about getting a DUI in a parking lot in a Walmart right. during a hurricane. So I sent that to them. And then they go, oh, this isn't really that funny. Like your eyes still look like they have tears in them. And like said some things that didn't make a lot of sense. Right. And then I was like, oh, you're not watching the whole clip. Right. Like you're not even paying attention. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're you're the people. You're the people on the internet. Right. Like half pay attention to something and then rip into it. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. You've yeah. been a troll this whole time and I had no idea. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This is what a troll looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a troll. And I go, well, did you watch the whole clip? No. Did you pay attention to what I was saying? Well, no, I was doing something. But yeah. then you still felt the need to critique it. Right. So you are a troll. Right. And it, it, it just blew my mind. It happened this morning. I was like, it clicked. And I was so excited to like text out like, yeah. oh, you are that person. You yeah. are an internet troll. No, I got I got sucked back into the social media again when I went on that UK tour. Yeah. I'm like, oh, everyone loves everything I'm posting. Let me check in, check in. And then after a while, I just, I, I just yesterday, I'm like, I deleted it off my phone, yeah. the Instagram, and signed out of Twitter like... This is this is I'm back to like pressing the the pleasure button. Yeah. And just nothing. It's such a gross, gross world to live in. I hate it. Yeah, I um yeah. You know, it's um I I, I worked on uh uh that that thing White House plumbers. I, I wanted that. to bring What's that up. What's next on my wait, notes? Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 I was no. gonna do my segue. Speaking so, of rich and famous. No, 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 far from but but <laughs> What was funny is I think this is the first time, and I think a lot had to do with it with post-COVID, that I posted uh, a photo with uh, a celebrity, and I was and I really thought to myself, look at all the fucking look look at all the the bullshit likes that I'm going to be getting Uh off of this. And, and no disrespect to anyone who liked it. Oh, that's I, me. I, no, yeah, no, because, me no, 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 because I shared it. No, because I know I know how. How some are really genuine, and and and, and a buddy of mine, uh, Mike, who's a, a musician, he wrote something that we 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 often spoke about that earlier. But it's not until you show people this idea, this image, this uh, this photo, or, or whatever it is that you're doing well that people uh, start you know f- to follow you. Yeah, when you know. Th- People who friends who have been following you, who have been aware of of you know your talent or what you've been doing, who've been there to support you, uh, they uh, they've been there since day one, and it's 
it just frustrates me to to see how you know you could be baking cookies and that's just as valuable as taking you know a photo with someone who's famous but yet for some reason everybody gravitates towards that and they think that you're doing so well right because you posted a picture working with someone who uh, who is successful and and it's it's just bizarre it's bizarre that and and, and you know what i'm not going to bullshit i i also behave that way well it's exciting I, yeah and i'm happy yeah, for yeah, you yeah, and yeah, i know yeah. what it means i know it's a moment i know there's another hill to climb right and but it's just it's just it's just it just shows how like how fake everything is oh, yeah. you know how it's not it 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 doesn't it, it matters but it really doesn't matter and i don't want to sound like a like you know like a Debbie Downer or a Danny Downer, but it's just, uh, you know, usually I, I think it's pre-pandemic. I'd be excited about posting things like that, but I, you know, I this thing was shot over a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that and, uh, and, uh, yeah. beard goatee yeah. you had going on. And I just sat on it for, I'm just going to, you know, put it right, out. Right, to when, promote. Yeah, yeah, when they release it, right. But uh, there was no excitement. Uh-huh. About it, it's kind of like uh, I was able to see through through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That it, it's it's just it's just an image. It's just a photo. Of, uh-huh. You know, like you at the beach and smiling. And I cannot begin to tell you the amount of couples who post pictures together and who are now divorced, or or, 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 or you know, it's like it, it, apparently like the most miserable people couples I know. Uh, are the ones who post the most about Same here. you know yep. being happy? You are my light, the, the, my guidance. Right, the ones who uh, <laughs> the ones who wish the partner, nail in my yeah, coffin. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right, right. Nailed it. Yeah, pun intended. Sorry. Yep. Uh, uh, the ones who post pictures of uh, them being with their kids and how much they love. Who the fuck? Who does not love their fucking kid? Right. Who does not love their wife? Yeah. Why? Why that? do yeah. we need to? Say, why do we need to say happy birthday to my wife? Uh, in public, I love you. Like yeah. that is such a private thing. And That's how I feel. We've normalized uh, making something so private, so intimate, uh, public, and we and it's really messed up. It's it's messed up. Like take it back to marriage. You know, we we look at marriage, and we we need to have the government involved. Man. I know. You know. You know, back in the day, man, it was like, you know, you just needed the stars, the moon to be your witness. And that's I, it. I love I, you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Let's do it. We're going to die when we're 18 anyway. So let's, you know, we've yeah. got four years of marriage. I had to go talk to some creepy ass fucking crypt keeper priest, man. Like I had to talk right. to him about my relationship. Yeah. And I turned into a dick about it too. I was like, oh, you want to know? Yeah. I, I watched porn. Was I a dick? <laughs> right. Like I told him all this horrible shit. Was I a dick? No, I was a victim. <laughs> but I had easier than most let's be honest but so it's it's just this thing where fuck man i i don't know i just feel like and, and i i'm not bullshitting like 90 percent of, of people who celebrate uh their mothers or or on mother's day or fathers or i i i don't know man i guess i guess it's become normal and i don't want to be that guy who who judges people for doing what has become normal right. but to me it is still foreign to post how much you love someone when that's such a private thing i'm i'm dragging my heels on this like can you imagine i'm I just sorry ahead, i just want ahead. to say this can you just imagine how you're posting a picture of your let's say your your anniversary or your uh, your wife's birthday or or whatever it is or your kid's birthday and being disappointed because you not you did not get the amount of likes that <laughs> no, you no, and some people out there yeah i'm sure they're like oh i just got so so many likes on 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 so, like right it's it, man it's this world i really is hate, crazy i really hate doing that and i i um i held out on that because i feel like once you start it's then you have to you do start, it like when you next, start what? If you start posting on someone's birthday, like right, like my wife's birthday, then I have to do it every year. Otherwise, I don't love you as much as I did last year. Right. But it's she made it so clear to me how important it was to her that I've started doing it. Right. And I also know that her family would be like, "What the fuck, bro?" Mm-hmm. But I, but I'm, I'm with you on it. I, I think it's. Um, I think it's between her and I, yes. and I think it's weird. And this is this is why I've this is why I still haven't transitioned into this phase of 
society, this phase of where we are in history, is I never felt like my life, my daily life, and my family, and my like real personal feelings were anyone's business. Mm-hmm. And it feels very strange to um, even post about myself like going to Europe, but I'm encouraged to do it right, like yeah. for my career's right. sake. And, and people saw it like when we went, pe- and people saw it, brought it up, yeah. and. And people are happy for you, and people see the exactly. success, and people see that you are doing great things, and and it, you know, it, but it's one, it's related to your work. One, it generates more work, uh, and, and that I, I I've witnessed myself, and I'm sure you guys yeah. as well. Yeah. You do something and you post something big, and then people. Uh, reach out to you because they one they remember you yeah because if you don't post every day people forget about you yep. and uh and then that can generate work right which is which is wonderful but, but you know posting pictures of, about your your relationship dude. is not going to generate more relationships you know no. or, or you know no. what i mean it's just um it's just showing how and 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 i have so many friends who are you know no longer uh as couples no longer together or getting divorced or or hate each other yeah, they and, love their facebook and, memories and, but, <laughs> 8 no, years ago today not even memories yeah. they still post uh their profile pictures of them together uh-huh. you know and wow. it's and it's it's uh it's just it's like image has become more real than than reality. It is. Well, it is more real. It to us to as far as society as far as us as a society are concerned, that's reality. Yeah. What you are online is reality. Yep. Because it's constant and it's always there. And there's even a timeline now. It's real creepy. Yeah. I mean, I I think I grew up I have an uncle that's so old school. We're talking about like how you only post the best things on the internet. He was very much and still to this day he's like, "Hey, you know, Brennan, when people ask you how you're doing, don't, cause I've always been open. I've always been very open, whether it's yeah. online or whether it's face to face. If someone's like, Hey, what's going on, man? I'm like, ah, you know, I don't yeah. know. This has been a rough week, blah, blah, blah. And I would do that with like other members of my family. And so one day I never forget it. He came up to me and he goes, Hey Brennan, when someone's asking how you're doing, they don't really care how you're doing. <laughs> like just say you're doing great. He goes, if you have an issue, you call me, right. you call your grandmother. Right. He's like, we're here for you. Yeah. A hundred percent. But people in the world are just asking because it's the polite yeah. thing to They're do. saying hello. In Germany, they laugh at you. They laugh at Americans when you say, you walk into a store, hi, how are you? They start laughing. Really? And I, told, yeah. I asked my buddy Mickey, he's like, what's up with that? Yeah. It's like everywhere I walk in, I say, hey, how are you? They yeah. start like, they smirk or they laugh. Or, and I'm like, what's wrong with them? They're like, they think it's a stupid question. Right. Because yeah. you don't. It doesn't you know, matter. You, know, you don't care I'm still going to buy the spark plug. Right. right, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they, they don't know. Yeah. They don't know you. You don't know them. They don't care about you. You don't care about them. It's a it's and they have question. such a reputation of being so caring and nurturing. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's such well, a surprise. But it's just they are real. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know. It's so it's too real. <laughs> on, a, on, such a, <laughs> on such a broad level, he was just like whether it's the internet or even on a narrow scope. It's like no, nobody. Like just say you're doing. And I've read that though. I've, it sounds what? weird being 35 saying I still have a problem with that because I, I I'm so especially with my sobriety I'm so open to everybody about right. everything that's happening because I lied for so long about yeah. shit that I just don't lie anymore. I, I think your uncle is right on in that. Like I read this book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff About Money, mm-hmm. which is derivative of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it said when someone asks you how you're doing, just be like I'm doing great. Everything's great. Yeah. Because, like your uncle said, like if you really need to talk to somebody, you can go talk to someone specific. Mm-hmm. But like, you can you can kill the energy with potential relationships when when like maybe they don't know it, but maybe they're starting to get a negative feeling. Yeah, people don't when they talk that. to you. Yeah, and so you just say, "I'm doing great." And and if the conversation starts. And you're like, actually, you know what's bothering me? That's fine. Yeah. But like, it should start off without a burden on somebody else. And it can be a burden on somebody 100%, else. Yeah. I don't necessarily see it that way, but I have to figure out what the average person, yeah. well, <laughs> how well, the average person sees things. I, and I think that's, I think there's some, whether, whether you have something counter to that or not, I do think that's an interesting no, I think and effective a, philosophy. I think you're, you're a hundred percent right. Uh, I, and I also think I'm just adding to, cause I agree with you. And I also think that you add damage if you if you keep it real all the time, and people ask you how are you, let's say you're down, it's like ah, I'm feeling down. I'm not I'm not feeling too good. 
the more you say it, the more you keep reminding yourself yeah, that you you're not yes, doing yeah, well. Right. And then you're just you start living that and you can't escape it because you just keep talking about it. And and I believe in like in in vibrations and in frequency. When you repeat certain words with the word you know, with I, I you know, I feel like shit or I feel then you, you you end up feeling like shit, mm-hmm. whether you want it or not. So there is something to say about, you know, bullshitting, I guess and saying you're great or you know i have a buddy of mine he's a barista he's he's a wonderful guy like one of the nicest dudes i met in new york city uh and, and he every time i ask him how you doing he's like i'm fantastic mm. and i know he's bullshitting because yeah. no one is fantastic yeah. to living in new york but there's something to say about him constantly saying he's fantastic and that whether he is or not it definitely helps him mm-hmm. saying that he's fantastic yeah. as opposed to, you know, saying how, how bad is it yeah. or challenging his day is. Words have a lot of impact on other people, but especially on ourselves. Yeah. Like yeah. how we use it, how we define ourselves. Uh, Bruce Lee would say, like, be very careful with the words you choose when you when you speak about yourself because you end up being those things or yeah. those emotions or those I've feelings. seen I've seen it happen to myself. Like I'll say something <laughs> You say something like twice negative about yourself, people fucking believe you. Yeah. They're like, well, you would know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I also want to say that there's people I, I I'm hesitant to call back, you know, when they call me because I know it's gonna be like a you know, you ever have somebody in your life that's just like a bitch session? Yeah. It's just like you call up and you just complain about, let's say, right. stand up comedy right. and how bad it is. Right. And you just know like they don't want to get off the train. They wanted to keep going with the negativity, yeah, mm-hmm. because it like somehow justifies that. Like it's impossible to succeed, so let's like let's like kind of enjoy that. But like it's it's affected me to the point where there's certain people I don't want to call back because I know they're going to put me in a shitty mood because right. I can easily adapt to their mood because we're under similar circumstances a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and I can just start bitching about what I'm unhappy about. Next thing I know, um, it's good to express mm-hmm. your concerns, yeah. but you got to do it with the right people. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like the, the older you get, the, the more narrow uh, your path with friendships becomes. Because mm-hmm. like, you just you have no time for bullshit. You have no yeah. time for negativity. And those who are negative and attract other negative people and they love to be miserable together because oh, it yeah. is fun. It is yeah. fun to be... It to is share. a laugh yeah. and yeah. a half. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, great. Yeah. it's, it's amazing. <laughs> like, what are we doing here, right? right. You know, so uh, so the the older you get, the more you, you become specific with what you want and what you don't want. And and I noticed, you know, with time that I have a lot, I lost a lot of friends mm-hmm. uh, just because of, I don't want to deal with that energy. I don't, I deep down, uh, I, I know that person does not make me grow, does not make me a better person. Yeah. Uh, so why, why? I, I can still love that person. Yeah. A lot and deeply, but it doesn't mean that I need to be with them, spend time with them. And I just want to gravitate around people that, one, make me feel good about myself. Uh, two, allow me to grow. Three, make me question, you know, who I am and, and my decisions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and four, just people who, who love who love me and, and themselves. And yeah. it, it's hard to find these people. Yeah. But, wow, but, we really made the cut here, right, bro. Right, right, right. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why I love doing the show. But it's... It, it's uh, it's wonderful because it just it, it you feed off of that and you share and uh, you know there's a buddy of mine that I, I hadn't seen since he his name is Lenny he's he's a uh, he's a guitar maker an electric guitar maker uh-huh. and, and and incredible he would make these guitars out of cigar boxes mm-hmm. and and um, and uh, what's his name from U2 Edge yeah you know he bought a guitar and uh, Jack White as well. And he does these. Um, just um, he's an incredible artist and great guitar maker, and uh, and he has his his pains and his sufferings. And mm-hmm. when I was a kid, he was my brother's best friend, uh-huh. so I kind of looked up to him. And he was always like really cool. And we reconnected after literally thirty years. And uh, and he just and and he's he's an artist and he suffers because that's part of being an artist. Mm-hmm. And but every time. Uh, I see him and we hang out. He's like one of the friends, one of the many friends uh, or, or few uh, that, that elevates, yeah. elevates yeah. me, you know? And we have a very skewed vision of love. 
like really fucked up vision, like a society as a society. Oh, yeah. I was the, watching a, a YouTube about this last night. Uh, yeah, like it, like the whole romantic well, yeah thing, but also what but the validation? Well, well, what just, sorry, just the just the just saying you fall in love is a contradiction because. You, you fall into jealousy, you fall into ego, you fall into pride, you fall into insecurities, uh, possessiveness. But you can't fall in love. Fall, like, love, is, love is not a trap. Love, like true love, uh, is, is the greatest high. Like the expression should be to rise in love. Oh, but, yeah. but, but we have, we have such a, we confuse Love with passion, uh-huh. uh, love with hormones, love with uh, excitement, and you know when the excitement fades uh, and there's nothing left because it does ha- happen in a relationship. It's uh, it's just the surface, you know. It's, yeah. it's like the the ocean. No matter you know whether it's windy outside, there's a storm. The abyss is always like there and calm and you know, equanimous. And that's, that's what love is. And, mm-hmm. and to, to find that sense of peace, uh, it's very meditative. It's very Buddhist. It's very, uh, um, it's, it, it, it's very, it's just aware. It's just constant awareness. And, and we have this fucking bullshit vision of what fucking love is and yeah. romance and chasing the girl in the rain. It's like Sandra Bullock like putting Stella. a letter in the mail. Right, exactly. It goes two years in the future because exactly. that's how strong love is with Keanu Reeves. And you know what? We love it. I love watching that. It excites me. It's fun. It's adrenaline. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it goes with the idea of chasing your dreams and what you want and go for it. But at the end of that, you know, uh, what's left? Uh, and it, it's, it's like, it's like, pregnancy like women yeah. who give birth you know they've they've programmed us and and women to associate uh birth giving birth with pain mm-hmm. in every movie they're screaming they're running to, to the hospitals uh, they're you know they're cursing at their husbands or or whatever and 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 it's become like a normal thing to associate pain with uh mm-hmm. with childbirth and you know, some women experience orgasms when they give birth. Some, Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Some, some. My wife, when uh, not she didn't experience orgasm, but uh, <laughs> by my wife, when she uh, when she she gave a water birth, and as as painful as it was, she she said it was like the greatest physical, almost like an out of body experience. Uh-huh. And to 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 you know what happens when you associate pain with with childbirth. Uh, a lot of women, they're scared, mm-hmm. which is normal because it's terrifying. You see it all the time. Sure. So w- they say, all right, even before uh, giving birth, they're like, uh, I'm going to have an epidural. And that's, you know, that's yeah, the painkiller. That, yeah. And then what happens when you get the epidural, uh, it slows down the cr- contractions. So they need to uh, give you some Pitocin, another drug to make you have more contractions. Uh, so you're pumped up with another drug. But then the more you have contractions, the more you have pain. Mm-hmm. So then epidural again, epidural, Pitocin, epidural, Pitocin, uh, drugs, uh, pharmaceuticals, money—you know—they they made they make a killing with insurance. Right. Every time they pump you with a drug, the hospital makes money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's again how we associate childbirth with what we see with with movies, and and and, and some women say, "Just cut me up. Just just yeah. I don't I don't want to you know yeah. I don't want to have anything happen to my vagina." And you have every right to decide whatever you want to do with your body. And Unless you're in like 21 states, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, uh, but, pride, but but it's it's uh, but to, to to not even give it a shot, to not even be open to the possibility that it could be an, a, an amazing thing, just just like love, like uh, what do we see in movies? That's that's you know that's what is not, you know what is the best example of that, which what? just really cracks me up. If you ever watch The Notebook as an adult, which mm-hmm. you shouldn't anyway, but if you do, if you say you're in a pandemic, yeah. and you watch every movie you can fucking think right. of, personal experience, um, man. So th- this movie is supposed to be so romantic between Ryan Gosling and uh, <laughs> right. Rachel McAdams, and it's only because they're so fucking hot together. Because if you watch it as an adult. Ryan Gosling is clearly the wrong guy for her. Yep. And the guy she's with, instead of Ryan Gosling, is the perfect guy for her. He's rich, he handles his shit, he takes care of her, he, he expresses how he feels. Ryan Gosling just like 
Fucking mopes around the right. house. He, he tries to get right. in fights with her. He's like, I built a house for you and you don't even care. She didn't ask him to build a fucking house, yeah. you know? And then what's <laughs> funny is they actually put it in the movie, like them as an older couple. Yeah. And that's when you realize, oh, now that they're ugly, who even cares? Yeah. <laughs> that they're together? Right. He's like the definite in that movie, he's like the definition of toxic. To get horrible. The first date, he's he horrible. to kill himself. Yeah, in front of her. I don't remember that. He's, he's hanging, hanging on the Ferris wheel. A Ferris wheel uh, and he says, "Say you'll go out with me or I'm going to drop." And she says no and then he lets one of his arms go. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. like, "Oh my god." He goes, "Say you'll go out with me." Right. And everyone when And you, they're laying in the middle of the street and shit You think oh my god that's so romantic Yes And then like you said as an adult you're like The fuck is wrong with yeah. you Like if you saw your kids acting that way You'd be like get it And you even almost And I don't think parents should interfere But you almost say like They did her a favor by not giving them yeah. th- Giving Rachel McAdams the notebook Because they don't need her slumming it Around that fucking that, yeah. guy But that's, that's I'm more impressed that's with him money Holding thing. himself up With yeah. one See, arm Daniel still falls for it After all that <laughs> After all it. that Daniel still buys into it But yeah I, I think uh, You know it, It's funny you say that Because it, it, it is uh, The act of desperation Is Is uh, Is so attractive Mm-hmm it's so attractive in a movie. In a movie, but even in real life. And, uh, can even I give real, you? I don't know, dude. Can I give you a personal? If, if someone's like, "I'm gonna jump in front of the subway," if you don't go out with no. me, and the subway's coming, there ain't nothing fucking attractive no, about that. And it is the same thing. I'm it, sorry. No, it's New York. It's a what subway. if he? What if he looked like? <laughs> no. What if he looked like Ryan Gosling? Bandit, and you did? Uh, that's, uh, that's the difference. Yep. <laughs> I have a just real quick. I have a personal story about that, just because I and I've been ta- I've talked about it on stage, but I say all the time. Now being sober, it's very difficult to gauge this idea of love that we are exactly that we are talking about. Yeah. And what the joke is, but it's true. When I was with my ex fiance, I knew that she loved me because she would rush me to the ER when I had alcohol poisoning. She would bail me out of jail. She Movie would, shit. She and this is all the stuff where I'm like, obviously she loves me. She's dealing with all right. this toxic behavior. Yeah. And now that I'm sober, when my current girlfriend tells me she loves me, I just have to take her at her word because right. she's not. But it's so true, exactly what we're talking about. That, the latter, the second option, is the healthier option, where you are adults, and you live your lives, and you handle your shit. And and you're bored every once in a while. Yeah. But like you said, it's one of those, it's the calmness. It's that, yes, I love you, and you can trust me, and yes, I love you, and you can trust me. That calmness was so not even on my radar growing up, especially in my alcoholism, because I thought all love was supposed to be hanging from the Ferris wheel. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. kill myself and everybody in here if you don't go out with me. And that's literally what I grew up with. I used to say, and I still kind of believe this, but I used to say Star Wars was the greatest love story because Anakin kills all these six-year-olds to try to save Padme. And I was like, that's romantic. Uh-huh. And now being sober and older and like uh, actually dealing with life, it's like, Oh no, that's fucking gross. Yeah, and no, hold on. Which which Star Wars was this? And Revenge of the Sith. Oh, the okay, third one yeah. where he becomes right. Darth Vader. Here's our generation gap right now. And, I haven't well, even seen that. Emperor those. Palpatine tells him like the only way to <laughs> save her is to kill the Jedi. Uh, yeah. So he kills all of them, even the younglings. Right. That's biblical shit. Yeah, but they do that in the Bible all the time. Yeah, but that's it's just so weird how like getting older. There's So that's there's, yeah, that's becoming mature. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Mature. And there's a part of me that does romanticize the past and does kind of miss the whole, like, what about that fiery, like, I'll go to the ends of the earth for you. Yes, especially when I watch, like, a Knight's Tale or a romantic comedy. I'm like, God, I wish. They were going to die at 30 anyway. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they can make bad decisions. (laughs) But then being, I guess you're absolutely right, mature. I didn't even know the word, but yeah, it's more mature. It's it's being mature, and and, uh, I think we spoke about this in another podcast, But uh, and I can't think of another movie right now, but when I I think of uh, instantly of of a true love story, I think of Rocky. You yeah, know, Rocky won. Yeah, you talked yeah, about that, and you're that. absolutely yeah. right. And it's like it's man, it's and it's that great combination of that that peace and how patient she is with him, and and how, um, how how understanding she is, and combined with the passion at the end, because when she runs to the ring, the, her her red hat falls off. That is like such a it's romantic. The and the way you put it is like it's the first thing he says. Yeah. Yes. He's like, like he's like yeah. everyone's around him. He's Adrian. like fuck everybody. Right, right. It's Adrian. It's, yeah. it's all. It's not about winning. It's not about losing. It's not. It's. It's not even about standing. It's like where the fuck is Adrian? Mm-hmm. I just want to see my girl. And that's love. Yeah, that's love, man. Yeah, that's true love. <clears throat> 
All right. I, know, I choked That's, up. I choked up. <laughs> no, I mean, I oh. want that. But then again, then I'm right back to I want that Rocky moment. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. <laughs> then we're so right I'm back. falling for it yeah. again. We're right back to those expectations. I got to right. have it. Thanks yeah. for listening to The Power of How. Thank and, you, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to The Power of How. Music by Daniel Torado. Artwork by Nelson Diaz. Follow us on all the social medias at, at The Power of How Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out at patreon.com forward slash The Power of How Podcast. Send us some positive vibes in the form of U.S. currency. See you next week, everybody. Everybody.